Hello, welcome to The Final Whistle. I'm Kenzie Benali. And I'm Steve Forbes. Well, it finishes 4-0 at Villa Park, thanks to a dominant display from the hosts. Of course, a disappointing result, but as always, we are here to dissect it. And to help us do that, we are rejoined by former Saints captain Dean Hammond and Premier League reporter Paul Belverston. Uh, welcome back to both of you. Uh, Dean, we'll come to you first. We were expecting goals today, uh, but unfortunately, it just didn't go our way. Yeah, you're right, Kenzie. We expected goals. We got goals today. Um, unfortunately, for Fraston Villa, um, disappointment, frustration. Um, didn't see it coming, to be honest. Um, you know, Southampton have been in such fine form of, of late. Um, but, you know, it's one of those examples of you just can't take the Premier League for granted. Um, and you have to show that intensity, that work rate. Um, that discipline um, in uh, every performance. And, you know, Aston Villa started the game, <coughs> excuse me, really, really well. Um, high intensity, good passing. Um, I thought Coutinho, uh, Coutinho was fantastic today, caused um, Southampton some, some real problems in that, that central area, whether he was coming short to receive the ball, whether he was getting in between the lines. Um, excellent performance uh, from him. Um, and it was just one of those games, the timing of the goals, Aston Villa getting an early goal, then getting a goal just before half-time and then two quick goals um, into the second half when Southampton had, had made an adjustment, uh, tried to change the shape um, to, to help them deal with Aston Villa's shape. The, the, the diamond they played in midfield, like I say, cost Southampton some, some problems um, today. So there will be some, some disappointment um, from Southampton, but look, let's look at it in, you know, in reality. Southampton is still ninth in the league so, and, and they've been on fantastic form of late. Um, been playing some great stuff, but it just didn't happen today. And like I say, the Premier League is is such a competitive league. Um, it's, every game is difficult. Um, and Southampton just won at their best today and Aston Villa outperformed them and, and fully deserved to win the game. Yeah, Belfast, let's get your thoughts on this then. Because I think the reality is, is that the unbeaten streak was always going to come to an end, wasn't it? But I suppose it's just the fashion in which it did today was particularly disappointing. It's infuriating, isn't it? Because just as you think that your team has... has settled on a system and is it is so comfortable and uh, competitive and working so brilliantly well then like Dean said the Premier League can can kick you in the backside with a with a situation like this that was not the Southampton side that we've been watching over the most recent weeks it wasn't the Villa side that I saw in the flesh last week Southampton looked tired which is peculiar because um you know, most of the side was was rested in midweek. Um, we don't see James Ward-Prowse, Oriol Romeo uh, lack control in the centre of the park like they seem to today. Defensively, very shaky. Lack of pressure on the opposition, especially in their own half. So, yeah, a bad day at the office. Absolutely no need to hit the panic button and uh, and, and make too much out of this. It's all about now how how they bounce back. Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Saints in their yellow and blue today. The fans and club responding to that. Now, Villa findings, who finds Watkins, it's good play, turns, shoots, 1-0 Villa. On the right, infield, he's Armstrong, steadies himself, curls it just oh. wide, and I mean just wide. And then it's a lovely ball from Mings into Watkins, who found Coutinho. The return ball's brilliant, Watkins for his second, Forster makes a brilliant save. And then he chipped over to him again brilliantly, pulled back towards, and then the strike comes in and wide from Cash. 
plays it infield to Callum Chambers. He's going to slip one over the top. Coutinho squares it. Oh, it's brilliant and it's onside. One minute of stoppage time. And that flick on to make it three because Watkins has put Coutinho through and he curls it wide. Oh, my goodness me. But then McGinn can go on the outside of Brozier. Has he fouled him? Still Villa have got the ball. It might not matter. Coutinho! 3-0. I think he scored between the legs of Fraser Forster. And they get cashed to the byline. Pulls it back for Ings. And Danny Ings scores against his former club. Now really? Shea Adams has got him behind. Liberamento's found him. He's in the box. Shea Adams blasts it. And somehow Martinez has saved it and it's gone over the bar. Peter Banks says enough's enough. Southampton's bad afternoon in the Midlands. The second one this year comes to an end. Well, let's start off with the first half, shall we then, Dean? Do you want to talk us through that that opening 45 minutes and the goals that Southampton conceded? Yeah, well, the first goal, like I say, it's, it's excellent play for Coutinho. He has one or two times where he, he, he receives the ball, uh, he passes off, he moves again, he receives the ball, he passes it off, he moves again, finds a different area. And what he was... Uh, it looks like an, an analyzer, and he was trying to he was trying to draw the Southampton defence out. He was trying to draw the midfield players to him, and as soon as he did that, he got on the half turn and he played a a, a brilliant ball in, into into Danny Ings. But what it was that, like Paul's just mentioned, James Will Prowse and Oyer Romero just didn't get any pressure on the ball, but then they weren't protecting the back four either, so it was easier for him to play a forward pass. It's a great touch by by Danny Ings, and and he draws in uh, Bednarek, and then it's a really <laughs> Excuse me, a really good run by um, Ollie Watkins, and if I, if I'm honest, Jack Stevens, it doesn't do too much wrong. He expects, I think, Ollie Watkins to shoot, but it's a it's a brilliant Cruyff turn. It really is. Gets himself back onto his onto his right foot um, and curls it into the corner before Fraser Forster can can set himself really. So from Aston Villa's point of view, it's an excellent goal, but it's just really intelligent play and clever play from Coutinho. The way he tries to draw the Southampton players out to find that space into the feet of, of Danny Ings. And, and he did that lot a lot in the first half. And those three in particular, their movement, uh, their combinations caused Southampton's all sorts of problems, as was the second goal, really. Again, Coutinho plays the ball out to, to Callum Chambers. It's a brilliant pass with the outside of his foot. Coutinho makes that run, and I can't remember which Southampton player doesn't stay with him, but he's nice and bright, gets the ball, pulls it back to Louise, and it, it's a good finish. So, from an, like I say, from an Aston Villa's point of view, it's clever play, it's good play, um, nice and aggressive, nice and positive. But from a Southampton's point of view, I think it would have been individual mistakes, not staying with your man, maybe not getting pressure on the ball. If you can't get pressure on the ball, try and hold your shape. So kind of Southampton seemed to be a little bit in between today. Didn't quite have the energy to press the ball, but then didn't have the, I suppose, the... Um, acknowledgement to go, okay, we can't get pressure on the ball, let's hold our shape, let's keep nice and tight and full and wide. So, look, I like to say it's good play from Aston Villa, um, but Southampton will be a little bit disappointed with those goals in the first half, and especially the second one because of the timing. Well, yeah, Dean, on that, as you said, especially that second goal did feel like a bit of a, a kick in the teeth after a decent spell of Saints pressure, but uh, Coutinho could have made it much worse before the interview at the interval, Belvers. Yeah, Fraser Forster pulled off a few good saves, didn't he? It's... Uh... It really could have been a, a horrendous day again. We've we've seen a couple of these, haven't we? But um, the, one of the annoying things, I think, was particularly for those first two goals, really, Southampton had seemed to kind of get back into shape. You know, that second goal, it came from a corner and 
Saints sort of half cleared it and were then ready to to deal with what comes. That pass from Chambers, as Dean said, with the outside of the foot was just exquisite. And, you know, where that's come from, a centre-back playing a pass like that, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, Fraser Forster is one of the few that comes out of this game, I think, with a bit of credit because he did deny a, a fair few chances. I think, in the end, Villa had about nine shots on target. And, you know, he, he obviously, four of those... He had to pick out the back of the net, but he also pulled off a few good saves and Coutinho was magnificent throughout, wasn't he? Uh, you know, he, he went off with, was it 10 minutes to go or whatever? But, you know, again, he he's sh- he, he showed why he was such a good performer in the Premier League first time round, why he moved to Barcelona for such an amount of money. He very much enjoyed himself today. Southampton couldn't live with him, but on another day, there'll be much better um, place to... Uh, to 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 beat Villa because we're st- Southampton are still above Villa in the table. It's it's just such a shocking display performance day all round. I really didn't see this coming from either side. You would think that if one team was going to roll the other over today and uh, and win four nil, you'd have you'd have put your money on Southampton being that team. It's uh, it's very peculiar sitting here right now and having witnessed that ninety minutes that was so un-Southampton like given what we've seen over the past couple of months. Well, Saints did try to rectify things at halftime, making a change. Jan Valerie coming on for Tino Livramento, going to a back three. And Dean, we've seen a change of shape work in previous games, but why don't you think it quite worked today? Well, I think the idea, Steve, was to to um, get a little bit more control of the ball, have a little bit more possession, um, get a little bit more control in midfield, uh, really to try and the free to try and match up the kind of the, the, the diamond of of Aston Villa and um, I think to a certain extent it kind of did work if I'm honest but it was the timing of the goals it was the third goal and the fourth goal which I think was 52 minutes and then 54 minutes and the game is finished then once those two goals go in it's over it's it's 4-0 to to Aston Villa Um, and again disappointment with the goals it comes down to a little bit of detail individual detail making that little bit of effort staying with your runners um, that dis- little bit of discipline um, individually. Um, but I think if you look at it, uh, Southampton create that chance from Shea Adams in, in the second half where he goes one-on-one. Um, there's uh, Bednarak as the header in the second half, which is another opportunity. So I, th- I think if those two quick-fire goals don't go in in the second half, it could potentially be a, a different game, even though Southampton were below uh, their own standards um, today. But... I think you just have to look at it. Aston Villa were good. In the moments where it really, really mattered, they were clinical and they had the extra quality in terms of Coutinho, Ollie Watkins and, and Danny Ings with, with actually a really fine finish um, for, for his goal, um, which is not great to see, but you, you have to appreciate it. You know, it was a really, really good finish. Um, but I think the change of shape could have worked. It was just the, the timing of the goals again, the one just before half time, and then 52 and 54 the game's over then and it doesn't matter what shape you're playing, uh, what personnel you change, a 4-0 down away from home, it's always going to be very, very difficult. Belvis, how would you assess the second half from a Southampton perspective? Pretty much the same as the first half, really, wasn't it? <laughs> um, Ralph tried to change things, but for whatever reason, you know, we were, we couldn't have praised him higher, could we, on Wednesday after he, uh, all the changes he made paid off so handsomely. Today, I'm not convinced you can put it on the manager. Just for whatever reason, it didn't click. It didn't work. There were 
there were some tired legs out there seemingly there were some tired minds maybe you know the the one thing i was clinging to in the in the second half when like dean said it, it 2-0 became 4-0 so very very quickly and the game was over was just that game at Villa Park last last season when it was 4-0 to Saints and then suddenly they they scored three and got back into it and you never knew so but you couldn't see it happening there were yeah there were a, there was the odd Southampton never gave up that's absolutely clear to say they uh, they kept pushing and there was there was clearly desire there with a couple of players getting um getting frustrated and 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 still putting energy in trying to trying to spark something there were some chances but really today is a day to forget it was a performance to forget it's um it's not going to have any great impact on the season because as we said right at the start Southampton stay ninth but it is certainly a, a performance to shake out of the system and not replicate in any way shape or form in these next couple of weeks coming up Dean, I'm sure you've been in a dejected dressing room after a game where a result hasn't gone your way. What do you think Ralph will be saying to the boys now? I think Ralph will be like he's always been. I think he'll be honest. I think he'll be honest with the players and I think he'll be honest in fact that he would expect a little bit more. I think you could see from his reaction on the sideline that he was a little bit shocked and wasn't expecting this and was surprised with um, the the performance. Um, But it can happen. Um, I don't think there'll be any major overreaction. I think it will be talking through where Southampton could have done better, where they could have improved. Um, and I think it'd be quite an open dressing room. It will be the fact of discussing what happened, why there was a lack of energy, why there was a lack of intensity, um, what happened in, in certain moments when they conceded goals or didn't take opportunities. I think that's where you can improve. And I think that where it comes with um, analysis. So I think this week, um, building up to the game on Thursday, will be very, very important. Um, but no overreaction because the manager should be really proud of the players of what they've achieved this season and, and especially of late with the performances they've put in. And we have to remember that they're a young team. You know, there's not huge experience in this team. So performances like this can happen all, all the time, but it's how you learn from it. And I'm sure that's what the message that the manager will be getting across to the players um, because you don't want to take away that enthusiasm from from the young group because they've been fantastic this year. So it's important that the manager has his word. It's important that the players express how they feel and they come together collectively and, and make it right for, for the game against Newcastle. Well, let's bring the fans into the conversation now then, shall we? Take a look at what's being said in the comments. Uh, Dave John's got in touch. He says, we shouldn't dwell on this, learn from it and move on. See you on Thursday, guys. Uh, John Seal says, uh, move on to Thursday now. Nothing can be done about today. Uh, David Watts, thanks for this. He said, we did look stuck in second gear today, but keep your head up. Uh, Vishnal says, let's hope this is just a blip. Uh, And Luke Maxim has set up the Saints. We go again on Thursday and prove why we are super saints so again it does feel that the uh the fans are still uh you know feeling positive um and of course it, it feels like it is just a blip so um paul as we've said we do stay in ninth so really does this result impact the the season in the the wider scheme of things we can tell we've had a bad day when you start calling me paul <laughs> that's when you know it's bad Belvers. <laughs> um i think it's really good to hear those comments from those fans, actually, because I think football fans these days, and I include myself in this, have become very fickle, very impatient, very 
have very short-term memories and, you know, clubs can lurch from crisis to huge success back to crisis in the space of sort of four or five games. It's it's ridiculous, the overreaction that there is out there so often. And, you know, Dean has said there won't be any overreaction in the, in the dressing room. There shouldn't be any overreaction anywhere. Southampton's target this season is to finish in the top 10 of the table. We've gone, we've enjoyed this magnificent unbeaten run and... No team that's looking to finish 8th, ninth, 10th is going to win every week and is going to perform at the very top level every single time they take to the football pitch. So, of course, there's going to be a blip. It's now how, how the reaction comes. And I think a very big positive coming up is three straight home games. And the form at St Mary's has been so completely different to what we've experienced at St Mary's over the past sort of three or four seasons, really. There are some big challenges to come. New Castle are on a terrific run you know they are kicking into gear and, and I think they're any threat of relegation danger is is long behind them now and, and it'll be fascinating and perhaps infuriating to see how how well they climb up the table in uh, the throughout the rest of this season and the season to come but you know Southampton will give them a very good game today they've 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 battled hard against Brighton today. Bowler counts and come away with three points, but they haven't rolled them over. And I think Southampton will make it very, very difficult and, and could well end their uh, great run of form at St Mary's on Thursday. Then it's then it's Watford. And, you know, you'd very much like to see a real dominant performance there again going into the FA Cup weekend. So, yeah, the fact that even after a performance like that, a heavy defeat like that, Southampton are still bang on target for the for the big big target of a, a top 10 finish this season, which will show great progress from last season and the season before. And it's still on very much on an upward curve, I think. So, uh, so yeah, put this to bed, forget it, move on, enjoy Thursday and, uh, and then the Watford and Man City games. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hassenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Yeah, it was uh, absolutely not enough what we showed today. Um, it was uh, from the first moment on not our best game. Uh, I think we had problems uh, in the duels, in the last line. We had uh, some issues with the three offensive players. We tried to stay with the shape until the first, until the end of the first half. But I think maybe I should have changed earlier. Uh, but we had also some good moments in the first half. So I thought maybe we can handle it now. And but it wasn't the the case. And then in the end, uh, after the second goal, before the halftime, you need to have a good start in the second half. We changed the shape, but before we we cons- we, we we are a little bit uh, um, yeah finding in, in in the game. We conceded next two game next two goals, and from this moment on, the the game was gone. Um, you could feel that uh, they have been that they wanted it more. They have been very sharp, and and uh, we had a lack of, of intensity in our game today and only with a little bit of football this is not enough we are not this team that can immediately uh, only play football we have to always first fight to come in the game they had a, a whole week to prepare for this game we had only two days I think you could feel it today that we haven't been in the best shape also not tactically we, we had not I think the best uh, performance so far these days and uh, yeah that's the reason why we lost uh, we, we deserve to lose, to lose today putting this result behind us and as Paul's just summarised there it is three home games in a row now two in the league one in the cup starting with Newcastle on Thursday Dean do you think Saints will now be looking forward just to get back onto home soil yeah definitely definitely Steve I think like, like Paul's just mentioned there um, he's exactly right and everything he, he's just said 
Um, the home form's been brilliant this year and the performances and results have been alongside that. Clean sheets, goals, exciting to watch. The atmosphere from the fans has been brilliant. So it's been a real togetherness. So like you say, with the free fixtures coming up at home, it's all to, all to play for, all to be excited about. Uh, Newcastle will be a very, very competitive game. They're in fine form at the moment. They've improved. Um, but Southampton have proved this year against any challenge um, that they can, they can win and they can beat any team. Um, and I, I look, I'm looking forward to the, the next run of games and then building up to that, that FA Cup tie, which again will be really, really exciting. So like Paul said, put this result to bed today. It, it happens in football. It happens a lot. And like you say, if you're, if you're a top team, a bottom team, results like this happen. Um, and this, t- this group of players... Um, have given us some real smiles this year. They really, really have, and they've been great to watch. And I'm sure that will continue for the rest of the season. Um, I'm looking forward to the Newcastle game on Thursday. Absolutely, we all are indeed. Uh, well, Belvis, you mentioned it just a moment ago, but obviously uh, Newcastle are enjoying a, a fine run of form at the moment. But as we've said, uh, St Mary's is a bit of a fortress now, isn't it? So it's not an easy place for them to come to. Uh, what are your early thoughts ahead of that match? I'd like to think that uh, Mohamed Salasu will be back and I think he was a big miss today. Um, as much as I like Jack Stevens, as much as I'm not pinning the blame on him by by any means, it never helps when you have to change half of your back four for a game as as as, as good as Ramon Perro and, and Jack Stevens are, of course. But, you know, Salasu has been in, uh, immense this season so far. Having him back, hopefully it's only a, a mild hamstring tweak that has kept him out today. I think, you know, he is he is leading things at the back. And, you know, this this group of players all, all throughout the squad, they're clearly very hungry, very ambitious, very... Um, they'll be hurt by today. I've seen Ralph Noodles already sort of had some very stern blunt words in his um in his post-match interviews saying that you know we tried to play pretty football today and that's not enough in the premier league nothing went right we gave away silly sloppy goals if he's saying those sorts of things in front of a microphone especially come monday morning i think there's uh, there's going to be some some very strong home truths said in that uh, at the training ground but in a in a constructive way he's not going to be pulling the players apart and destroying um, confidence and, and and all the rest of it. They you know they are they are a young squad, but they they know they need to learn and they know how to learn. And they're not they're not fragile characters. They they know they've gone in that dressing room themselves. They know that uh, they haven't performed today, and they'll be itching for Thursday to come around very quickly. It's an evening game again, so we've got all the 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 light display and the the special atmosphere that brings. You know, people talk about night games at, at, at big grounds all around the country. St Mary's is something special on an evening game these days. And with the performances on the pitch and the and the, the atmosphere in the crowd, everyone coming together, I think Newcastle are in for a really tough evening on Thursday and uh, wouldn't be surprised to see that being the start of another good run. But again, we can't get carried away and think every performance is going to be absolutely 10 out of 10 and they're going to win every game. Because... The progress has to be sort of steady. It's not, you know, we uh, we joked right at the start of, of today about the Premier League trophy and that, you know, that that's an entire world away. Finishing 8th, ninth, or 10th this season would be terrific progress. You don't finish 8th, ninth, ninth, or 10th if you're winning every week. So, you know, let's just uh, 
yeah, let's just enjoy a, uh, a more Southampton-like performance on Thursday and another three points, hopefully. Well said, Paul. And we will enjoy a night under the lights, won't we, at St. Yes, Mary's? Indeed. Well, Paul, Dean, thank you very much for your contributions today on both Saints Live and the final whistle. Well, it wasn't to be in the Midlands today, but we march on back to St. Mary's for our next fixture where Newcastle will be travelling south on Thursday night. It's a 7.30pm kickoff, so we'll have another edition of Saints Live for you from 6.15. Try and enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you then. Bye for now.